Hello and welcome to Carefully Taught, teaching musical theater with Maddie and Kikau. A podcast to discuss musical theater pedagogy and to create a community of sharing amongst musical theater educators. Feel free to email us at carefullytaughtpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at carefullytaughtpodcast. On today's episode, we pick up where we left off with Maddie and Legally Blonde. Well, before we get into that, Kikau, it's nice to see you. I feel like we haven't touched base for a while. I, I feel the same way. It also feels whenever I, you know, whenever we record one of these, it also feels like we just spoke yesterday. So you, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. have that weird friendship where I'm like, totally. didn't we just do this? And also, <laughs> it's so nice to see you. Yeah, it's so nice to see you. Where, where have you been? But I mean, you just, we haven't talked since, you just took a trip. And I was, I was hoping you would tell me a little bit about it. Yeah. So I am, um, for those that, that are following along on the journey, I am relocating from Richmond, Virginia to Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Very exciting. Um, I am going to be the, um, program director of the musical theater program at University of the Arts. And part of that during this transition time is looking for a place to live. So went there to look at neighborhoods to um, just sort of get a sense of what my commute might be and what the the, the world looks like when I'm there. Um, in these times, I had an entire search process that happened over Zoom. So this was literally the first time that I'm physically seeing the place that will be my home for the next, at the very least, five years. So we, you know, there's a, there's a lot at stake here. Um, and ultimately, I think it was pretty successful. Like, found a, a new place to live, um, got a chance to tour the school and their facilities and meet a couple people that I had only seen over Zoom. Um, and really, truly, my main thing was just to get a feel for the neighborhoods. And, and um, you know, it's, it's those things that that we talk about, um, I am no longer interested in putting myself in a situation where the job is the number one thing I'm doing. I want to make sure that the, the life part of the work life balance is something that I am excited about. And that is just taking a bigger sort of more significant, um, space in my journey. So it, it literally was me sitting in parks and like, uh, you know, looking at, uh, walking through shops and, and seeing farmer's markets and trying a different restaurant just to feel like, oh, okay, life can be here. Um, so did, does, did it feel like home? It did. It did. I mean, I lived in New York for a long time. I, I, uh, went to San Diego for grad school. So that's a weird thing. Cause you'd think, oh, this person is from California and probably likes to be very close to beaches. Um, but I feel like at, I am at home when um, people are yelling at me as I cross the street. And, <laughs> you know, it's like the, I, I just have that thing where I, I walk faster than most people. Um, so if anything, where I am now in Richmond, that has sort of been, it's sort of a slower hmm environment here. Um, long story short and answer to your question. Yes. It felt like this is definitely a place where, um, I can put some roots down and, and feel great about, about being here. That's exciting. Um, so, uh, our, our listeners may or may not know you're married. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you, you got to do this all with your husband. I thank you so much for that question. The answer, <laughs> the, the weird answer to that is sort of, kind of. Um, my husband, Derek, is currently on a cruise ship. He is in the production show um, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, aboard the Norwegian Epic. If you're looking for a fun European uh, or Caribbean vacation, go online and, and go and see those shows. Theater is back, and theater is back everywhere. Um, so uh, t- the answer is sort of because I was able to send pictures. We do use an app called WhatsApp. That is really great for international situations. Um, and and so he was able to see where he will eventually live when he's back. <laughs> he was able to have an opinion about um, what what we're doing. and um, But it will be an interesting situation because uh, when he does come home, it will be to a different home. 
Um, and uh, he was certainly on my mind as I was looking at these neighborhoods, as I said. Uh, he, in addition to being a performer, also teaches yoga. So one of my first sort of oh, yeah. plans was like, I'm going to walk around these, this neighborhood, but I really do need to sort of have as a center where the yoga studio is and then kind of take it from there. Like how, how near or far do I need to be from my work, from his potential work? <laughs> um, and once again, it's those little things. It's like, you don't really think about it until you find yourself in a new town that you're like, okay, wait a second. Where's the Trader Joe's? Like where right. is, and even for <laughs> my dog Bogness, right? Like where's the closest dog park? Where's the closest park? Like, this is the path I'm going to take. Um, and I am privileged and lucky enough to be able to choose where that is. Um, and not, uh, it is not being chosen for me. Um, mm -hmm. so I encourage everyone who might be going through transitions. It feels like this is the time for transitions for a lot of people. Um, if you do have the privilege to be able to walk around the, the neighborhood and to, to see what world you're going to be living in, um, do it, take it. Um, something like this doesn't have to be scary, right? You can, you really can find exactly what you're looking for uh, with just a little Googling and, <laughs> and, and research, do a little research and see what you're, what you're looking for. Um, I do think we found the right place for us temporarily and big picture. We do want to um, eventually find something to own um, as mm -hmm. we do here in, in Richmond. So it is, it is a, just all part of this amazing adventure that we are on. Well, I can't wait to hear how, uh, how the move goes and the new, you know, I'm sure we're going to check in about the, the new job and all of those things. And at some point we're going to need to do a whole episode or series of episodes about that job search and interview process, because it is such a unique thing in our field. Uh, I of course knew that you, your husband was on a, a ship. And so I, that was a leading question, but no, it's perfect. <laughs> but, um, Anyway, so I want to update you on Legally Blonde and Please, what has I can't happened. Wait, because because though we text and Instagram together all the time, we literally we have not talked about this since since last podcast, and so you you are going through this with our viewers fresh. Um, so after after the first couple of interviews, I was still really wrestling with what I wanted to do. I reached out to a handful of people, uh, one of whom, uh, and the first first interview I'm going to play with you was from a member of the original Broadway cast. Nikki Snelson happens to be a friend of mine. I directed her in a production of Cabaret. She was my Sally Bowles oh, forever, blank many years ago, you know, um, and, you know, she's intimately familiar with the show, was in, it was in the original Broadway company, we helped workshop it. And so I just wanted to get her take on what she thought and what her experience with the show was having a director and choreographer who was, who was a man. Oh no, I am so excited. This is when, this is when like, you know, I, I am familiar with her work and uh, I'm just thrilled to hear what she has to say. So here is Nikki. I was very lucky because I was with Legally Blonde from its inception. The producer wanted to do Legally Blonde the musical and so they essentially auditioned writers um, and championed writers to try to write the show so several different writing teams submitted songs for um, their audition to be the writers to write Legally Blonde and I happened to be good friends with Larry O'Keefe and Nell Benjamin and so I sang on the very first ever recording of Oh My God You Guys that was even before they had gotten the job. We went through all different kinds of casts. Carrie Butler was in it at one point. Matt Morrison played uh, Warner at one point. Um, but they submitted three songs. I think they submitted, Oh My God, You Guys, The Legally Blonde Ballad, and Sirius. And they were chosen amongst all the writers um, and commissioned to write Legally Blonde. So we started doing a lot of readings and uh, like probably every couple of weeks we'd get together and read a new song and a new scene. And um, it changed and evolved a million times as all new musicals do. It was all different incarnations. And we worked on the first act probably for a year and a half. And then we came in to work on the second act. And at the time I was spending most of my days at yoga and at the gym and I hadn't seen a carb in years. And I didn't even think that what that meant for Legally Blonde was that there was an aerobics instructor that was about to appear in the second act. And when Larry said, I think we're going to have you read the aerobics instructor today, I went, bing, 
sing. And it was all magic and unicorns and rainbows. And I thought, that's it. This is it. This is my part. We did our out of town in San Francisco. Um, the audience in San Francisco really loved it. And then we came to Broadway. And while the audience always loved it and the other people in the community seemed to love it and a lot of people really got it, uh, the critics did not. And it was a very mixed bag of um, reviews. Um, and I think they missed the point. I think they didn't realize the smart campiness of the writing. Um, Larry and Mel went to Harvard. Um, they're brilliant writers. And so somehow the New York critics missed it, but the London critics did not. And then they won the Olivier Award and all these things. I think the themes of the show now are a lot more important than they, well, not more important, but more recognizable now since the Me Too movement. I was just talking with Anna Lee Ashford, who was our original Margot, Tony Award winner, Anna Lee Ashford. And she was just saying, you know, those themes, those um, Me Too themes that are in Legally Blonde that kind of were not the focal point, but are certainly the big turning point uh, in the show, are going to ring so much more true now and be um, so much more intense now that there has been this awesome women's movement. Um, so when they revive it or any further productions, it'll be even more exciting to see how it goes and what they do with it. At what point did Jerry Mitchell step in as director choreographer? Was was he involved from the beginning like you? No. So I think they found the writers first and then they found uh, the choreographer director team. And the way Jerry tells it is essentially, you know, he had choreographed Hairspray at the time. He had choreographed a lot of things, but he had not made his big directorial debut. And when he met with the producers, he said, you know, if you were producing any other show, I would tell you to go with any other director. But he said, this is my show. I know this show. And he was so passionate about it and um, had so many crazy ideas. The things that he tried to bring to life on stage that ended up not being able to be made. At one point, we rode a 12-person party bike across the stage and almost fell in the pit. Um, <laughs> big expense on the producer's. But he was just so passionate about it. And he, I think, felt a wonderful connection to these women, especially Elle Woods. Um, because truly, Jerry is kind of this beacon of positivity and joy. And um, he embodies a lot of the things that the show um, puts out there. So I think he kind of was the perfect choice. So it'll be interesting when we talk further. But he, it, it kind of trickled down. So Jerry came in with this amazing positivity and lust for life and joy and confidence. And he get, instilled that in the cast from the top. So Laura Bell, I mean, Laura Bell essentially is Elle Woods on many, many levels. Um, and she had this infectious personality. And so trickled down Everybody in that building was having a wonderful time all the time. And I cannot say that for most of my shows. So it was a very special experience. So were there any female identifying leaders in the production? I mean, I know I know there were there was representation in the original material and in the writing team, but what about like at the director-ish level? So um Jerry and his assistant choreographer and his assistant director were all men, um, all different, very different kinds of men. But three of our main producers were women. Our lyricist was a woman and our book writer was a woman. So there was a very heavy woman's voice um, in the creative process. And Jerry was really smart to be very collaborative. He uh, did the things that he knew best and, and really excelled at. And when he needed help or, or anything like that, he really um, put it out to Heather Hawk, our, our book writer, or put it out to Nell Benjamin, our lyricist, um, and was always willing to accept help and um, advice. And from us, for, from the actors, he was always willing to, um, take our ideas in. That was one of the really nice things about it. It was very collaborative. So that's really, that's, so that's really interesting because one of the things I'm wrestling with is it's not just the themes that are empowering feminist. And uh, I mean, Elle is trying to make her way in a male dominated world and I'm struggling with whether or not that's a story I should, I should be telling. Um, that's part of it. But then also the fact that uh, there is a female protagonist and a female identifying uh, writing team. It th that's actually adding to the the weight of the decision whether or not to go through this to me because I feel like 
you know, it's important to have that representation in in the leadership. Do you think that anything was, now you, you did say that Jerry was the perfect choice, but do you think that, was there anything lost by you and Laura Bell and Anna Lee and, and Leslie and all of, all of y'all ha- not having uh, a female identifying voice in leadership? Do, is there anything that a female director could have brought to the project that, maybe was lost because Jerry didn't identify that way. I won't call it that it was lost at that time in the moment. I will say I will love to see a future production, a major production directed by a woman. I think it'll bring a lot of um, beauty to the piece. But, you know, Kate Schindel, myself, Laura Bell Bundy, Leslie Kritzer, Annalie Ashford, Orfe, we're a strong bunch of bitches. So we're, there's, there's no pushing us around. I mean, Kate Schindel's the president of the Actors' Equity Association. So um, really, nobody was going to be running us over and telling a story that we weren't there to tell. I think with that cast, it would be next to impossible for anything to be taken for granted um, when it comes to women's issues, because we were. We were just a strong, badass bunch of women. I'm, I hope that we're allowed to say that on your podcast. Um But moving forward, I would certainly love to see a woman. I'd love to see a woman of color. I'd love to see a transgender person directed. I'd always love to see a different perspective. Um, I don't want to see Harvey Weinstein or Bill uh, Bill Cosby direct the show, but... um, (laughs) I don't think they're up for it right now, but... That's good. (laughs) Um, But I certainly don't think as an artist that you, Matthew, should be excluded from this journey. I think as an artist, there's always things that you can bring to it table. And as long as you're open, and maybe, I don't know, if you have a student that's a brilliant young director that identifies as female or identifies as trans, maybe bring them on as an assistant in this moment for another voice. But from working with you, I know that you are always uber collaborative. And when we did cabaret together specifically, you always let me have a voice and an opinion in the situation. And as long as you trust your actors, especially your L, I just think that it can be a super beautiful moment. Pretty cool. Wow. I just love her. I love her energy coming through. Um, you know, we're listening to it. I'm sure our listeners will also be listening to it. And I'm, I, I'm enthralled. I'm at the edge of my seat. I just love her. I had no idea the depth of her relationship with the show when I asked her to talk about it. I knew she was in the original Broadway cast and that I'd seen her in the MTV, you know, broadcast of it. And, and even the, the show, the, uh, the casting show that they ended up doing on MTV. But I didn't realize that she was with this writing team even before they had been selected as the writers. I do feel like listening to her, one thing that stands out is Jerry's passion, right? Like it is an individual's passion, which has sort of transcends the conversation about gender. I understand exactly what she's talking about when you're saying, oh, this this person is the right person for this job because they are who they are hmm. uh, in all areas. So I, I find that it's sticking out to me as like, mm-hmm. oh, that is really exciting, right? You, you When somebody is undeniably perfect for something, you were going to move forward with that, um, especially at, at that time. Um, what did you think when she said that? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was really interesting because he, uh, he does have an effervescence about him and that joyful quality that she described. And that is so, so much a part of the show. Um, I continued to ask myself, though, is that enough? Right. Um, and, you know, her example of the strength of the women uh, in that original cast, that was compelling. And, and I totally it totally makes sense to me. Um that's going to be a lot different than a situation like I would be finding myself in where I was working with students. So the next thing that I did, and this was actually per your request, was I reached out to a student in, currently in our program because it was important um, to, to understand how they were viewing the situation. And I was I was resistant to do that. When you first brought it up, I, I kind of poo-pooed the idea, full disclosure, because I was worried that 
the power dynamic along with the fact that I would be casting the show, if if directing it, I would be casting the show, may influence how a student responded. But then it occurred to me that there has been one student already assigned to the show. Um, we've got a stage manager, student who's a junior, um, and she, uh, she had actually received the assignment at the end of the previous uh, school year. So she and I were talking about, we were at the... Uh, something else, and then found ourselves talking about my situation with Legally Blonde. And I was like, hey, hey, could I record this? This is literally what we're ta- what I'm dealing with right now. That This is great. Once again, I'm thank you so much for taking my recommendation. I just want to say, <laughs> but from my point of view, I'm like, how can we really explore this topic unless we go directly to the source? So I can't wait to hear this. Yeah, wait till you hear Gabby too. She's phenomenal. I think Legally Blonde is an interesting one to talk about because there are certain shows where like like The Wolves, I think, should be directed by a woman. And Legally Blonde is kind of like one of those big ones where it's like, yeah, she's like taking over the patriarchy and, you know, making a place for herself. But like I, what feels like a bigger theme to me is her like defeating the stereotype of being, you know, dumb and privileged and blonde, you know, that idea that like, no one really thinks very much of her. Um, whereas like, you know, when you have women in the show who like go to Harvard law and are really smart and da, 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 da. Um, so I don't think that's the whole story. Um, personally, like, I just want to work with you again. So I, <laughs> I want you, I want you to direct it. Um, but I think that, I can understand the argument that it should have a female director. I can understand that. But I think for this particular show where it's like about a privileged woman becoming more privileged in a different way, you know, it's just not, it doesn't seem like the kind of story that requires someone who has a deep understanding of that life. What you're saying is what most people are telling me. Mm -hmm. Um, That said, I think that it's really important that the actors in the show, um, specifically L, but really all of them, mm-hmm. that they feel empowered and they right. feel like they have a voice in the process. And where my, where my concerns come from is what I'm becoming increasingly aware of about the, the power dynamic that is inherent to a professor particularly a professor who walks in shoes of privilege. A professor has with a student. And so do you think, I mean, you know me as a director pretty well now. Do you, and you know me as a professor and as a human, I think. Um, Do you think that I would be able to empower the the female identifying cast members empower them with that sense of ownership on the material um, so that they do really feel celebrated and they feel like they 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 are able to own the show and 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 really have a voice in the process um i think Like, I think of She Kills Monsters when we did that show because, you know, it has female leads and um, it's stories of two sisters. Um, And I think that you handled that show very well. And I think it was an environment where it was also about lesbian relationships. So there's a lot of female stories, like specifically female stories in that show. And I think it was handled very well by you. I think... um, it's probably a conversation that would need to be had like at the first rehearsal, like an acknowledgement of like, you know, I am a white male professor and directing the show, but making it a point to let the actors know that it's an open space and that anything, and that we want this to be an inspired piece and an empowered moment, I think would be really good. But I also think that your style of directing lends itself really well to this because you tend to be very, collaborative and like letting the actors kind of figure it out for themselves before you step in and like do that. So I think that that also gives a lot of ownership to the actors um, and to, and I felt that in stage management as well, um, that this doesn't, it doesn't ever feel really like your show. It feels like our show. And so I think that I'm not 
very worried about like you directing Legally Blonde. I would, I'm not being too concerned. If it was a different male director or a different male professor, I would understand having concerns for that show. Um, and as a woman, like feeling dismissed in the room, if you have an idea or feeling like your voice isn't heard, like I can really understand that concern. Um, but I think with the experiences that I've had with you working, I think that you're very open to other people's thoughts and opinions. And so I wouldn't worry too much about that. Uh, that's definitely what I aspire to be as a leader, not just in, in the school setting, in the university setting, but also, you know, when I direct other places, but in the school setting, like, like I had mentioned before, there is this, this inherent power dynamic that no matter how hard I try, I'm still the one that's going to be grading. I'm still the one that's going to be potentially casting future productions. And so there's this, I acknowledge that no matter how hard I try that, that will never fully go away. You're in a unique position because you know me as a human, but and you also know our students. Do you feel you you feel like you would be comfortable with me directing it? Do you feel like our our student body, for the most part, would be comfortable with it too? It's interesting because like we're in a little bit of a different place now than we were like my freshman year um, with the different questions that are being asked um, and different topics that are being raised up where it wasn't really as big of a concern before. I think, I think there's always going to be someone that says that it's not, that's not a good idea. I think that there's always going to be someone that says that. I think that, like, I don't think, I think right now, I think people are assuming you're going to direct Complete Blonde. I think that the students will be fine with you directing it. I think the students are, one, just really excited that we're doing it. I don't see, I don't see a problem with you directing. Um, And I think it's kind of like all in the approach that you have. And, like, when we're in the cast, like the cast never has a problem with, you know, the director when you're in it. Um, but people outside might have opinions, but it's like, you don't really, you're not even in the rehearsal room. Um, so I think it's just kind of a matter of like, um, doing the best and like what we think is right. And, you know, and just going forward. And like, if, if you don't feel comfortable directing it, then I don't think you should direct it. But if you're, thinking that like you could do it and it could be a safe empowering environment for the women in the room. then I think that it's a great idea. I don't know how I feel like I'm really wrestling with it. Like I'm really, I'm really wrestling with it. How amazing are my students kick out? (laughs) I mean, that conversation, it just felt like I was, like it was just like yes all of these things all of these thoughts that are happening in a student's mind that we don't really ever get to to hear so i just want to acknowledge that they are they are amazing and it's really cool to hear this conversation so i kind of i kind of lied to her in that moment mm-hmm. where i said i don't know how i feel and um the the very end of that interview was the moment that i i knew I knew I couldn't direct it. Mm. Um, When she said to me, I think that all of the students are assuming that you are going to direct it, and I think they're all fine with that, I thought the time has come for them to stop assuming Mm -hmm. that the cis white man is going to be the leader of a production, regardless of the thematic uh, appropriateness of it. And... When she said it, when she said that to me, I went, that's my answer. That, because I was really uncomfortable with those words coming out of her mouth. And then as I, I, I thought about it more and more, um, that was the moment that I kept coming back to. Obviously, I, she said so many wonderful things and she's such a powerful human being. I, I mean, I just, I loved the whole conversation, but that moment really resonated with me. The, the, the word 
assume it, it, it had a huge impact. And for me, I, you know, I strive to teach my students um, social justice in theater and, and, and being an, uh, an advocate and an accomplice in um, the fight, the struggle for equity and inclusion. And it just became so clear to me that I can't, I needed, I needed to step aside and make space for um, a voice that more appropriately represented the, th- the themes of the show. Um, that was the moment. I don't know what I, I haven't let you talk. What yeah, were your no, no. You're so, I actually thought this is so funny that you're saying this after Nikki's interview. I thought he's going to say no. And I, there, there's something about the, you know, the way that conversation went after Gabby's interview, I thought, oh, he's leaning towards yes. So it's, thank you for <laughs> sort of saying that. Cause I thought, oh, the, if I were to hear from a student, what she said, which is we want to work with you. Hmm. It goes back to that same thing that Nikki was talking about with Jerry, which is your enthusiasm, your, your process is the right thing. And we want to do that. We want to, to work with you. Um, so I thought you were leaning towards, yes, that that's, that's so just the way I heard it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also want to say, just mention, cause there is a, an energy, which is so many people are coming back, um, after COVID. I, I can't even say after, cause we're still in the middle of it, but right. you know, things are, are starting to come back. So there is that side of it, which is we want to perform, right? We want to do the thing. So I just want to acknowledge that as well as this interesting part of this conversation. Um, and uh, to throw in there this idea of decentering directors, like even as you're talking, it's like directors put themselves right in the middle of that room. And in reality, it's like, let's really center students mm-hmm. in this case. What do they need? Let's center the the choreographer right like what there's something about um us making such a thing about who the director will be right and in reality this collaboration is so much more than just one person but thrilled for this conversation i am so excited to hear you say that and even more excited for you to hear what happens next because the next thing that i had to do um my colleague here at Chico State, where I teach, uh, uh, Megan, is um, the resident choreographer and dance instructor. She also directs from time to time. And so after, after this conversation with Gabby, I, I really solidified to me that I needed to step aside. And she was, uh, Megan was already scheduled to choreograph it. So she was obviously the next person that I had to touch base with. Um, so are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> I know you are. Hold on here. Hey, Megan. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. So um, as you know, uh, because I mentioned it to you as soon as Legally Blonde came up, I have been struggling with whether or not I'm comfortable directing this show for a variety of reasons. And um, so because we have this new podcast, Kiko and I have this new podcast, I decided to use myself as a case study, not not to try to create some sort of hard and fast line that everybody must follow, but to encourage further self-reflection and introspection by by those who are listening to the podcast so that people can make their own decision as to, you know, what they are and are not going to work on in the future. So the process so far is I've, I've spoken to five different people. Uh, I spoke to two uh, university colleagues who come from very different universities and colleges. I spoke to uh, a, a professional diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. I spoke to an original Broadway cast member from Legally Blonde who actually uh, went through the process of developing the show. And then I also spoke to one of our students to see what the students... Uh, perspective was. And everybody, to be honest with you, has been really supportive and encouraging about me stepping in as a, the director of Legally Blonde. They've come from different angles. They've come from different directions and, and perspectives, but it all boiled down to, Maddie, you could do this. Mm-hmm. But I I disagree. Mm-hmm. I I think that whether or not I could do it is not the question. I think the question is whether or not 
I should do it. And the more and more I've thought about it, the more it feels like this show, which tells the story of... um, of a woman who is judged because of her gender identity, who is judged because of her looks, who is fighting uphill in a male-dominated uh, profession, um, that's, that's not my story. Those aren't shoes that I have walked in. The actors in the show who identify as women, mm-hmm. I really believe that they need to look at the leadership of the show, the final decision makers of the show, and see themselves reflected. Our students deserve to have um, a woman uh, as part of the the final decision-making process. So for that reason, I have decided that I think it's best for me, for the production, and for our students to step aside as director, at least in the the traditional sense Mm. uh, of director. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it sounds like you've you've obviously made a decision and feel very strongly about it. I think I agree with everyone else you've spoken with that you certainly can. I I totally understand where you're coming from in the terms of can versus should. Um, I know from experience and our experience that we always work incredibly collaboratively. And I think that having a team that works together to help represent everyone that's in the show is important. Uh, We all have different perspectives and different backgrounds and ways we can support the students in all the roles. I think if, if we were approaching this and it was an all male creative team, that would be a, a a very different discussion. Um, As I see it right now, it's, it's not, in fact, the, the percentages are in the opposite direction. And so I also feel like there are some roles that are, I mean, it works both ways. So there's, so there's male roles in the show as well that, um, that you can help the students uh, tap into and identify with in a way that like I couldn't, I don't see it as a black and white. No, you definitely shouldn't be in, in that role, but that's because I also know how you work and how we would work together to, to tackle those uh, moments or or issues within the play. So um, thank you for all of that. I I think um, I think that you are fully capable and would be a wonderful leader if you were to if we were to decide that you were going to direct and choreograph it. I think that it's a great project for you. I would love to see what you would do with the show. Um, and if that's the direction that we decide is best for the production and for our students, because, again, they're, they're what's center here for me, um, the, the, I think that would be great, a great direction for us to go. One of the things that came up in my conversation with Shivana, who is the DEI consultant um, that, I, that I met with, she threw out the idea of as kind of as an experiment, at least this is how I interpreted her suggestion, kind of as an experiment blowing up the traditional hierarchy uh, of uh, the director being at the, uh, you know, at the helm and, and, and leading and being the final decision maker. She, she threw out this idea. She's like, Maddie, what if you just like don't have a director? And what if there are just collaborative leaders that are working together um, on equal footing? And and if she said, I think her suggestion was it's important to literally not even use the word director or co-director or anything like that because that comes with so much baggage and so many assumptions. She's like, what if like you and uh, and your choreographer were like collaborative leaders of this production and it was like literally we're at every rehearsal making all of the decisions together and the students and the actors saw that and experienced that I would be willing to try that experiment though I do think it I worry a little bit about how that would affect the design team and Mm. because there's something about the structure while I think the hierarchy is is flawed in the way that we do theater, yeah. um, the structure and having very specific assignments does make it 
clear to, to know who to talk to about what and, you know, what if people disagree and, you know, those kinds of things. Um, but again, I'm, I'm saying this as, as an option, but I still think that you'd be fully capable and, and really great to direct and choreograph if that's what you wanted to do. I'm, I'm not looking to abandon you, but I am looking to step aside as the leader in the traditional sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you, what do you think of, of all of that I just threw at you? Um, it is a huge show. Um, and I think it's great for the students to, while they have their time here, watch and learn us working collaboratively together and how to approach as, as Shivana mentioned, kind of getting rid of that, that strict line, you know, pyramid line down, but, but working in a a new way of, of, of collaboration. And that would just take some planning in terms of what the, the rest of it would look like. But, um, I don't know. It's, I feel like it would be important to have your voice in, in the room alongside everyone else. I think it's, especially as you said, after being gone for so long and it being such a big show, um, I don't know. That's a, you threw a lot at me. Um. <laughs> I know, and I didn't want to prep you on this either because I really <laughs> wanted us to sort of wrestle with it together on, yeah. on the podcast. Do we make a decision today or do we have time to? <laughs> How's about we put a pin in this conversation okay. um, and come back in a week after you've had a chance to, to think about it and have a follow-up conversation? Um just to clarify, mm-hmm. I, I am not uh, – what I feel strongly about is not being the director. I'm not saying that I'm unwilling to work on the show mm-hmm. in a formal capacity, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be the director. I think our students, the, 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 the actors in the cast who identify as women deserve to have a woman in the leadership role. So um, – like I said, I could be an assistant, I could I could be collaborative leaders or whatever we decide the title is, or I could be an audience member on opening night. And I, honest to goodness, Megan, don't have a preference between any of that. Maddie. <laughs> oh, Listen. my gosh. I, this, this is just feels like a roller coaster. And, and, then, and then you get to a point and you say, stick a pin in it. I mean, first of all, I can't believe you bombarded. <laughs> Her without her having any idea. I just, I mean, which is fun, I know, for the podcast, but I'm sitting here like sweating. I'm a really bad friend. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, wait. So, just to be clear, is there yeah. another recorded conversation where we get to the answer? Are you going to tell oh, us? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, there's more. And it it's not, we're not done. Oh my gosh. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Okay. So, Megan, we're back. Yes. When last we recorded, it was uh, just about a week ago, and you and I were talking about all the different options of what we can do with this show, and and we've had a couple of opportunities. I mean, we literally, our offices share a wall, so we've had a couple of opportunities to touch base along the way and ask questions and say, well, what about this, and what about that, and what about this? Um, And I don't know where you're leaning right now, but there was like a little new potential wrinkle or idea that popped up in the time since we last spoke. And I thought before we make a decision based on the previous conversation, I want to fill you in on the new information. Okay. So um, Gabby, uh, our student who was also interviewed for this podcast episode, so our listeners know Gabby too. Uh, (laughs) Gabby is currently a junior uh, stage manager, and she came to me the other day, and she knew that I was still wrestling with the directing decision and and all of that, and and she's currently in the callback process for our fall productions, which she's stage managing, and she's watching the directors work with the actors and and um, and feeling really really inspired. So she came to me and she said, "Hey, so." Uh, 
you know, I applied last semester to be a stage manager or assistant director, and I received the position of stage manager, but would you consider me for the directing team instead? And I said, well... Meg and I haven't made a decision on what we're going to do with that yet. Mm-hmm. And then she asked some some questions about where we were leaning and what the different options were. And I was telling her about this wacky idea of blowing up the system or attempting to blow up the system and maybe not having a director for the production and instead, like, sharing leadership responsibilities and being a two-headed monster. And, and she's like, wow, that, that sounds really cool. Uh, wouldn't it be even cooler? She got this smirk on her face. Wouldn't it be even cooler if it was a three-headed monster? (laughs) And and it was you, Megan, and a really ambitious creative (laughs) student who is aching to, to direct in an environment where she could work with her mentors. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that would actually be really <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, so that's a new wrinkle. I don't know how you what you think about that. I got to be honest. I I think it would be really neat to sit in a rehearsal room with you and Gabby, mm. and like be co leaders. Like, there's something about that that gets me excited and gets me energetic in a way that. Um, the other options I'm fine with, but I'm not as inspired by. What are your thoughts? Well, after we last talked, I, I really went from, you know, I kind of at the end been like, okay, I'm happy to do both. I know I can. That's great. I know it's going to be a big show. And the more I sat with that, the less excited I was about doing that for many reasons. Um, it's funny you say that Gabby bringing that up is another wrinkle. I feel like she just dry cleaned our problem because <laughs> although it's going to be messy, <laughs> I actually feel like a three-headed monster, monster is easier to, to kind of create this creative team versus, you know, you and I, as I mentioned last time, we work so collaboratively already that it's kind of, Yes, I do more of the dancing things, and yes, you do more of the directing things, but like we we work side by side and bounce everything off each other for the most part already. So for me, it was almost more like, what does that look like to take those titles away but still kind of do what we already do? Um, And not fall into the rhythm of what we've always done it this way before, right? Right, right. And and yes, the things that are, are the questions that we can figure out later are the things like, who makes final decisions? How complicated does that make it for the design team? Are they going to be excited as, as we could potentially be about this idea of moving forward and working with a team of quote-unquote non-directors? Um, I love the idea of bringing on a student in this role. I love, in particular for the show, I think having a female college age voice on the on the team with a voice at the table is also super exciting um i actually think that's the that's probably the most exciting option i've heard at this point and i'm totally on board for figuring out what that looks like you know we keep using this analogy of a three-headed monster and (laughs) monsters seem scary but they also are magical Mm. I mean, a three-headed monster is pretty magical. So, like, mm-hmm. um, I I, I, th- I, think this could be kind of phenomenal, actually. So, you know, Gabby Gabby said that with a smirk, and, and I don't know if she thought I was going to take it seriously or not. <laughs> I, why, don't I, why don't we put one more pin in this? Okay. Why don't I try to, try to hunt Gabby down, bring her into the conversation, and maybe the three of us can talk real quick about if this is actually a a direction that we think we can pursue. Does that sound like a good idea? Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, pin put. (laughs) (laughs) I found her. Yay. She was was working in the costume shop. Perfect. Um, So Gabby, Mm -hmm. when last we spoke yesterday, you Mm -hmm. came to me and Mm -hmm. you said the words, Maddie, 
I need to direct. Yeah. I need mm-hmm. to to be creative. Like mm-hmm. it's inside me. Mm-hmm. I gotta do it. Yeah. Um, and I was telling you about all of the different things that we are considering for Legally Blonde. Megan and I are moving in this direction of having this. We're calling them for the time being, anyway. Uh, creative leaders mm-hmm. of the production mm-hmm. in sort of a, a round table kind of way. Um, but your interest in directing and your the fact that you are already planning on being involved with the production as stage manager mm-hmm. has really got us excited about mm-hmm. the potential of maybe it maybe it not just being Megan and I, but being like the three of us mm-hmm. as as the creative leaders of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll have to, if we move in this direction, we'll have to work very hard mm-hmm. because we won't be able to communicate with the design team via email because we'll need to talk about everything. Right. We'll need to have regular meetings. We'll right. need to like, you know, the three of us will share a brain yeah. for a semester. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that's going to be a lot of work because it's, we're, there's a wheel that it might be flawed, mm-hmm. but there's a wheel that works. Yeah. Right. And we're going to literally try to reinvent it. I'm really excited about it. Like, unbelievably excited. I texted my friend because they knew I had a meeting with you. And I said, it went so well. But I didn't even say I had a meeting just now. So it was out of the blue. It went so well and didn't make any sense. But no, I'm really, I'm like unbelievably excited. Um, There's something in my little soul that like (laughs) really, really wants me to do this. And to pursue this kind of art, even if it's not, even if I don't keep doing this or whatever, whatever happens, but that I'm like pursuing this right now and that I'm trying it out and that I get to have like two incredible mentors of mine, like working by my side for this like first major experience is also really exciting to me. So I get to like work. I feel more hands on with you guys in a different kind of way than I have before, Um, which I'm really excited about. I also think that it's really cool for. I'm, I'm always a big uh, fan of student involvement in productions, and so I'm excited that I get to, that I would have the opportunity to be in this position, and then, like, the other students and the freshmen, like, being able to see me in this position, too, um, is pretty cool for me, and makes me really happy. Mm-hmm. So, that's, 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 those are my thoughts. <laughs> Megan, what do you want to say about it? I sort of took over the beginning of that. No, I'm, I... It made me excited to approach the show in a, in a whole new way. I love this production, so I was already just, you know, happy to do it again. It's fun. There's dogs. There's loads of dance. Like, it's, <laughs> it's like, I'm a happy girl. Um, but this this made me really excited because I, I we all love collaboration. We love people that love collaboration. Mm-hmm. Maddie and I have had the benefit of working together for so many years, that having students not just watch us work together in the room, but get the opportunity to, and we're not the only great collaborators on the planet, obviously, I, I realize that, but we do work <laughs> very well together. There. <laughs> <laughs> but to have, to invite, and I think back about my college years, to be invited to be at the table and not just watch and learn, but to be a part of the team. And I love that you already just said to have two of my mentors working by my side, like you're already getting it. This is not a bringing someone on to assist or just to be another voice in the room, but like really to be a part of the team is very exciting to me to have a student on um, this production. Um, this is when I when that bug bit me and I got opportunities in college to do the same thing. So I think that's really exciting and I'm glad that you're excited about it, and I'm glad that you brought it up. And if we fail, we all fail together. But the show will go on, and it'll be lovely, and we'll, we'll learn and grow from it. So, Are you at all concerned about, you know, if we're the creative leading leaders mm-hmm. of the team, uh, are you at all concerned about doing that plus all of the immense amount of choreography <laughs> in the show? Like... You know, we've talked mm-hmm. about how they never stop moving. Yeah. Are you really going to want to handle that all by yourself? Um, I already, with with the student body changeover and, and my experiences in the past, 
it's actually already been on my brain to, this is a wonderful show to bring in student choreographers to work with. Um, not just, you know, to, to assist me in rehearsal process, but actually be, a, you know, choreographers. And um, I'm excited about also bringing in a student to work with on the show and, and actually give a choreographic voice to whether it's this number and we kind of tag team back and forth. But I've done a lot with rehearsal assistants lately and assistant choreographers in this department. And I think that we've got a, a, a really nice bunch right now, even if they're in the show, that we could still work that out as well. So I think it's an exciting time to bring in multiple voices into this space. And yes, it's a huge show, but I don't think that part of it scares me in terms of the workload. See, that gets me even more excited. So you're talking mm-hmm. about having shared leadership with the musical staging the same way that we're talking about with the overall show. And that to me is like, talk about blowing up the traditional hierarchy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a messy-ass collaboration <laughs> this is going to be in, like, the best way. I yeah. mean, that's going to be... What an exciting experiment. We're probably going to have to do a follow-up episode at some point just to say, so this is how it went. Maybe uh, how it's going. Or how it's going, yeah. Well, Gabby just wants to be a regular on the show now. <laughs> Progress reports and then a post-mortem. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, I think this is a really great place to leave it. I think it, we. I feel the excitement in this conversation, which is exactly what we're supposed to feel when we're working on on our art when we're working on musical theater. So, um, great. Well, let's, I will kick it over to Maddie and Kikau to, to wrap it up. Thanks, Maddie. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted wanted to talk to your, your past self. Yeah. Um, wow. Wow. The, (laughs) The journey. I know every time it comes back to us, I'm sitting here screaming, but that, 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 that is not where I thought we would end up. I'm going to say that. Me neither. Uh, So fascinating. And it is true. We will need to come back and have a conversation about how it went, about how it's going. Little progress report. I can definitely envision another follow-up episode at some point. Um, So is is that what you've decided? Just to be very clear. Okay, great. It's done. It's done. We... um, are just about to announce it to the rest of the student body because they don't actually know what the plan is right now. Uh, but I, I didn't feel good about any of the options, and this is something that I'm really excited about. I, I, I think it's going to be really fun to roll up our sleeves and work on the show together. Gabby is going to be such a great collaborator, both with Megan and I, but also as a leader to the students in the show. Um, Working with a student in this way, and and decentering the director from from the leadership of the project, which is exactly what you were just saying. Yeah. Um, that to me is a really exciting project, and I'm just I'm just thrilled that this is what ended up happening. And Megan mentioned it, but it is that thing. Like when I was Gabby's age, I would have killed for an opportunity like this. Like me. Uh, as a young person thinking, oh, you know, like, I I don't know if I'd ever really have the opportunity to do this, but in my spirit, in my soul, I am a director, right? So it's, had I had that opportunity at that time, it would have been a different story. Um, So I love her gumption. (laughs) Um, I love her audacity to say, what about me? Can you include me? And I love your and, and Megan's response to say, absolutely, let's do this. That is so great. It's really exciting. Um, so we will give you an update on how it went. It, uh, and But this was a 100% uh, authentic um, journey that I went on and that I took you on. Uh, I never in a million years would have thought when I started that this is where we en- ended. But I absolutely think it's the right thing for everybody involved. And I'm really excited to, to do it. So... With it being the end of our episode, I've got a recommendation, and um, because you did it the last time, and it's a different kind of one. I have an Instagram follow that I want to recommend to you and to our listeners. Um, Katie O'Halloran directs. Katie O'Halloran directs is uh, Katie is a um, 
a woman who is a directing, got her MFA in directing, got her BFA in musical theater uh, performance and, and directing, and she is currently in Ireland. I've never met her, but I stumbled across her as a suggested follow like two or three weeks ago, and I am really excited about the things that she has to say. She spent a lot of time talking about how um, she wants to encourage young musical theater performers and actors to uh, to start setting boundaries when it comes to directors and acting teachers wanting to access their own personal trauma. And uh, she she is... She is a powerful force that I can't wait to see what she does in the musical theater teaching landscape. So it's an Instagram follow, and uh, and uh, Katie O'Halloran uh, directs, and uh, let me know what you all think. And it's pretty, pretty easy to find. I, even as you were talking, I found, liked, followed, so... Yeah. Let yeah. me know what you think, because I'm, I'm serious. I think I, she's an inspiration to me. I've really ex- been excited uh, with, with her posts. Okay, so that's it. Great episode. We uh, have another exciting one in a couple of weeks. And anything, any last words? No, I just, I feel better having been on that journey and I have learned so much. So um, I just want to encourage our listeners to, um, of course, like and follow, but also to send us a message. What did you think of the episode? Um, let us know on on um, all the devices, all of the podcasts, um, what you're thinking of it. I've been getting a lot of feedback uh, as we've been laying these out, uh, but it's always really, really great to hear what you have to say. And of course, rate uh, and review on iTunes, which is really helpful for us. Uh, recommend us to a friend, a colleague who teaches musical theater that might not have uh, stumbled across our podcast yet, because really the goal, as we say in the opening, is to create a community of sharing amongst musical theater educators. So the more, the merrier. Uh, so please, please recommend us to a friend. Thanks, all. All right. Oh, my God, you guys. <laughs> Music for Carefully Taught was provided by Joshua Haig. For more information, visit joshuahaigmusic.com.